Make sure you subscribe and review The Last Stop on whatever streaming platform you're listening to it on. Now here's our show. Hey, if you're bored during this quarantine and you miss sports as much as I do, make sure you check out the Madden Under the Lights League. It's commissioned by Cornell and Larry, and they've been putting on sports this entire time. Even though it's a virtual sport, it's still one of the best leagues going around. So check it out at UTL underscore CFM. Best league around, 32 players, 32 teams, and drama, uh, high-intense games. I'm 0-6 right now, but listen, we're going to go 10-6. So shout-out to the Bucks and shout-out to Larry and Cornell for putting this all together. Legit one of the best and most fun leagues I've ever been a part of, and these games are the most entertaining I've ever seen. So make sure you check out the Under the Lights League. Once again, at UTL underscore CFM. All right, everybody, and welcome back to The Last Stop. It's me, Manny, of course, uh, the host, creator, editor, producer, you know, all in one Swiss army knife of a person. It's been uh, been like, what, one week, two weeks since the last episode? Once again, there is absolutely nothing happening. And I've been... I'm an essential worker, so my podcast schedule, like, of what I listen to has been the same, really, because I listen when I when I have the time. And I've noticed, I don't know if it's me, but that nobody's really talking about a lot in podcasts. And I think it's a better idea to wait a couple weeks and then pod then pod every week or whenever I want. Like, you know, if I want to put out three in a week. I feel like just waiting and then stacking info is way better than putting out an hour, hour and a half, maybe two hours of of a pod, you know. But this week I have a lot to talk about, some some things I want to get off. Not, not my chest, really, but, you know, just some things I see going around that I want to address and give my input in. There's a lot happening in the podcast world, a lot of money being made, a lot of moves being made, deals, got Joe Rogan signing exclusively with Spotify, which financially was, uh, I'm glad I invested in Spotify. Um, You have the Call Me Daddy podcast going through their whole contract stuff. I have all of the details on that, so stick around. Um, I'm going to get into the UTL Madden League that I'm in, um, commissioned by my boy Larry and Cornell. If you know them, you know them. A lot of y'all know Cornell. Very mixy person. He's he's out there. You know, a lot of people know him. Um, it's a great league. Really, the most random group of people you will ever see. Like, one week, there'll be me playing Angelo Dawkins, which I should have won that game. Um, Doesn't matter about how many times he's won tag team championships in the WWE. I was the better man in our first game, but then we lagged out, and in our second second game, I got blown out. And to be honest, that's not fair. I still want my rematch from that one week. And then we have a couple more surprises. So check around. We're going to talk a little baseball. There's a lot going on with that. Want to get into. And let's not forget uh, the NFL. NFL is still going like nothing's happening. 
a lot of team practices going on. Uh, it's really it's going to be really interesting to see how this is going. But, you know, just wanted to intro the show. And now let's get into it. Thanks for tuning into the last stop. All right. So the first thing I wanted to get into was this Joe Rogan Spotify exclusivity and what that means for podcasting. Um, I don't know if you guys have, you know, a lot of people are a lot of people listen to Joe Rogan. But Joe Rogan is the Howard Stern of podcasting, even though I know Howard Stern, if you don't know who he is, one of the biggest radio personalities of all time, multi-hundred millionaire, twice over maybe, uh, just off of deals assigned to like Sirius XM and, and satellite radio, stuff like that. Um, look into him if you don't know who he is. Everybody does, though. Very controversial person. Joe Rogan, very, very much the opposite, I would say. Um, he's very in the middle with everything. He he has liberal views, but on his podcast, he'll have on, you know, somebody like Bernie Sanders or he'll have, you know, some right wing people. He'll have both sides. Basically, he's a very in the middle person, a comedian, did Fear Factor, um, announcer for the UFC. But the one thing that's been consistent is him podcasting. Um, his podcast is one of the biggest because it, it makes people, if you're a guest on his podcast, that's like the biggest thing for you. That's the biggest public publicity you can have. It's just a super big deal. And him getting this deal with Spotify, I cannot tell you that it was a surprise. If you listen to a show, and I'm the most casual of listeners, I'm not listening to every episode he puts out. Um, if there's like you know a super right wing person on there, I'm definitely not tuning in. I mostly check in for like somebody like Joey Diaz. When whenever he has comedians on there, I'm tuned in. And through these episodes, for I want to say a year and a half, he's kind of been hinting to Spotify, and none of it made sense until last. Wednesday when this deal was announced. He has been talking about Spotify. If you go back and listen, I can't even tell you which episodes they were. I don't remember off the top. But he would mention Spotify like he would be like, "Oh yeah, I'm I'm going out for these runs. I got this app called Spotify. I don't got I don't know if you guys have heard about it. Great app has all the music right there. Got all the podcasts right there. Boom boom boom." And I heard that and I was like, "That is very weird that he mentioned Spotify like it's the first thing that he heard about, like music download wise and having everything like that. It basically Spotify is I want to it was the number two company. I'm not sure if it still is now. Apple's probably it's either Apple or Spotify, number two and number one right now. But Spotify is one of the best apps because it has the podcast and the music and the videos there. And Apple has everything separate, which is kind of, I like that because, you know, you can go here for this, you can go there for that. But Spotify is the most convenient for like somebody like a Joe Rogan, who probably isn't as tech savvy as, you know, the, the average younger person. And he announces the deal with Spotify and as soon as he did that, I immediately purchased stocks because I knew what that meant. Joe Rogan, 
I want to let you know right now, Joe Rogan has 190 million downloads per month. That is an outrageous number of you. And those are unique downloads to his podcast, which don't include his YouTube numbers. That is just from the RSS feed. 190 million people listen to him every single month. And what do you think that means for Spotify, who has 30 million users right now or 60 million users right now? If they bring in half of that 190 million, 8.5, 85 million people, I'm sorry. If he brings in that 85 million people, let's just say half turn over and go to Spotify because it's free anyway. You're not really doing anything but going somewhere else. That is a huge, huge bump. And that doubles Spotify's uh, listeners and, and active members. Doubles. And if you're paying attention, all I got to say is look into Spotify stock. If I'm going to say anything, if you're going to walk away with any information from this pod, it's that Manny said, look into the Spotify stock. I want, I'm going to revisit this in, in a year and let y'all know if I was right or wrong, but... The deal goes into place September 1st, and his podcast is going to be exclusive, exclusive to Spotify starting January 1st of 2021. That is when everything gets moved over from every app. It's not going to be available anymore on YouTube or anything like that or Apple Podcasts. You know, wherever you're listening to this, it's not going to be on there unless you're on Spotify. And that is a very interesting deal because the amount of people... I'm telling you, the turnover ratio is going to be insane. And then another thing that he made sure to announce is that Spotify is going to have a new system where they play video podcasts. And it sounds weird because like, oh, like, so I get to watch the videos on Spotify too. But think about that. Apple has had that since I found out what podcasts were in like 2011 like when when i when i played baseball in dr i used to watch video podcasts all the time and that is something apple apple has not paid attention to their spot their their podcast platform ever they just put it out there as podcast there you go if you want to listen to them it's there and they dropped the ball on this one because now everybody thinks that spotify is going to be one of the first apps that ever did this they call it a a a vodcast you know video on demand podcast type thing and apple's had it since the very beginning and now spotify is going to use that as a selling point to all these people now and joe rogan's his tree if he's the tree you got people like brian callen um burt uh burt kreischer uh uh brendan brendan schwab joey diaz uh, Eddie Bravo, like you have all these people, right? Coming out, pump coming out of the podcast. He was probably one of the first comedian podcasts along with, uh, damn, I can't remember his name, but he interviewed Obama and that was a huge Mark Marin. So I'm not going to be surprised that people like Brendan and Brian, they move over and they go join Spotify too, because a lot of these comedian podcasters who post all their vids on YouTube now, because that's a big thing in comedy, uh, using YouTube, YouTube demonetizes them for their language, or so they say. And then they, they, their arguments, to be honest, the dumbest arguments you'll ever hear, they'll be like, oh, so you're telling me that YouTube can censor whoever they want? 
I, I hate to tell you, but YouTube is a private company. They can do whatever they want. And for you to complain, nobody cares. They make billions on billions of dollars, and it really does not matter. But what does matter is the narrative that they're spinning. So Brian Callen and Brendan Schwab are leading the charge to saying, fuck you too, basically. And they're saying that, oh, so you could post like ISIS videos and people getting beheaded and and recruitments for, for terrorism. But you're telling us that we can't make jokes on YouTube, which isn't the case at all. And I'm telling you, they're taking small things and making them bigger than what they are. They're like, I can't believe, like, you know, if we want to record a video on YouTube, we have to click something that says it's not for kids. Like, why is that even a complaint? Obviously, they don't want kids to fall into this type of content if it's not meant for them. But now I won't be surprised if people like them move over to Spotify. There's going to be, you're going to see the jump. You're going to see the jump of people like that moving over to Spotify. And here is the, I don't want to say dark horse because it's a big brand but the joe button podcast to be honest was one of the first spotify exclusive podcasts like the first big ones basically and i'm not gonna be surprised if if the reports are that joe rogan signed a hundred million plus deal which i'm almost positive that is probably in the range of 300 million dollars or more If that is the case, Joe Rogan, let's not be surprised if by the end of the summer, early fall, we hear Joe Rogan sticking with Spotify, getting a huge deal of half of that because the the numbers aren't there. I mean, compared to Joe Rogan, obviously. And what I do see coming is now Apple yesterday, coincidentally, announced that they will now be doing the same and signing Apple exclusive podcasts. And now there's a real marketplace. It went from a monopoly, well, not even a monopoly, but everybody can go everywhere to now, all right, let me stick over there. Let me go over there and get one bag that's bigger just to stay there. And then when that's over, you go somewhere else, sign for more or less if it doesn't work out. But it's going to be very interesting because there have been talks for years of how do these companies value podcasts. And now what we're seeing is, Podcasts are worth way more. And for all of you young podcasters, including myself, you know, I'm 24, still wet behind the ears and everything, you know, make it on your own. If you're going to do it, make it on your own. Or if you do go to someone else, make sure you're able to walk away more successful when you then when you walked in because there are a lot I went on Reddit because I'm trying to figure out what is going to take my podcast to the next level I did it on my own I started doing this podcast with my friends and then I realized it's very hard to get four different people to go to one place every single week it's harder than you think especially when you like even if you're friends it doesn't matter but another thing that does matter is there are when I went, so I went on Reddit, right, to figure out how can I take it to the next level. I started doing this podcast with the friends, and then 
I started putting music mixes, and I was the only person doing music mixes on podcasts. Nobody else did it. I looked it up just to make sure. I went to the music section. Nobody was doing it. And slowly but surely, I started seeing things that I was doing being stolen, you know, uh, jokes that I was making being stolen, stuff like that. Turned it from a music podcast to a podcast about music to a podcast about, you know, things that people would want to care about hearing. And now what I'm noticing is I do my research to try to take it to the next level. And there's a lot of people who want to make podcast networks. And hear me out. Podcast networks are great. It doesn't help, you know, if maybe if it's a group of friends and they all know they're experts in different things. But. If you're going to join a podcast network, because I know on the on the podcast reddits, there's a lot of people trying to recruit people to join their podcast networks. And I thought it was kind of weird when I saw it. But then I thought about it. If you're joining a podcast network, just know you're being used. And it's okay as long as you're using them back and becoming bigger. But if you feel like you can make it, A network isn't what's going to take you to the next level, if that makes sense. Let me let me put it to you this way. I've been asked to join networks and and, you know, just podcast under people and all they would do. The only thing that I gain is them paying for me. So I don't like because it costs like fifteen dollars a month to upload podcasts on every, you know, streaming service or whatever DSP. And. What they would do was just cover the charge of that. And what am I really gaining from that? On my own, I am listened to in 50 different countries, maybe more. I don't remember. It's a big list. Thousands of downloads, which if you told me that I would have more than 10 people listening every day, I'd be shocked, let alone thousands of people downloading this shit. And making I'm telling you it's the hardest thing if you want to make it it's the hardest thing I haven't even made it yet I'm just giving advice on my way up like what to do you know promoting it yo when I started this I took the link for the podcast and I sent it to every single person that follows me and every person I follow and trying to explain what a podcast is to a girl from the Bronx is hilarious it's the funniest thing ever And you would think, like, it's hard. Getting support is super hard, bro. Super hard. If if you tell somebody to subscribe, you would think that you're asking them for $100,000 in cash that they will never see again. They're going to ask, oh, what is this? What what are you doing this for? Why, Why are you doing this? And now you have to answer those things. Um, Another thing. While joining a podcast network may bring more viewers to to you, how many more is it bringing really than you that you couldn't have done yourself if you put in that time and effort? There are ways I've done it. I'm just I want to say that I'm lazy, but I am. But I also don't have that much time in the day. I'm doing work for eight of those hours, and then in the middle of all of that, I'm sleeping or eating or on my break from work, you know, 
But if I had the time that people have from staying at home, this podcast would be on a different level right now. And I'm going to get it to that level while working and doing all that stuff. I'm going to figure out that way. But I want to let you know that if you look, if you look for what to do, you can take it to the next level yourself. And you can hit me up and ask me about it. I've set up podcast networks myself. I've set up podcasts for other people for free. I've made logos for other people for free. I've done, I've helped many people start their own podcast because you know what the difference between helping someone start their podcast and giving someone advice. If you help them start their podcast, you know, they don't have the drive to start it. Basically. I know a lot of people are going to be potting and give it a couple months and you'll see what they are. I know what can take podcasts to the next level. It's just the time, and it's you're hearing me say this, and you're probably like, oh, Manny, what are you talking? I'd be lying if I say I wasn't afraid of failure. And for me to hit that, what I want to do, I would have to put it all on the line, and that is something I'm not comfortable with doing right now. But back to the Joe Rogan, Joe Budden podcasting. Joe Budden is going to get $100 million for his podcast, minimum. You're going to see it. It's going to be announced. I'm telling you that right now. And if he doesn't do it, he's doing it for a bigger money play. And that, he already set it up when when he signed with, pod, with Spotify for the first time. Joe Rogan, I'm telling you right now, that stock is going crazy September 1st. Crazy. Whenever they announce their earnings from that September to whatever, that fourth quarter, crazy, out the door. You're going to see money being sent everywhere. Comedians getting signed everywhere. And now I want to get into the most interesting podcast story of the week. All right, so let's get into this call me daddy uh, or call her daddy podcast drama. Now, I honestly, you couldn't have paid me to listen to their podcast, but their podcast is important solely on the future of podcasting, what it can make, what you can make if you sign to somewhere, what you can make from them, the contracts you need to do, and the importance on owning your own intellectual property, which is in the creative field, the most important thing you can keep. If there's anything you need to keep, it's the IP. It's what makes or break. It, it's it's the money maker, really. You can sell it. You can license it to other people. Blah, blah, blah. Make money many different ways. People care more about the IP than the person themselves. For example, Joe Budden, when he went to Complex and made Everyday Struggle, right? He was one of the creators, but he didn't keep the IP from the show. So Complex can say they created the show, really. And that was his big thing on why he left. So the Call Her Daddy podcast, right? Um, Two women who were, they started the show together, did like four episodes, but they were in the New York City scene and they knew Dave Portnoy, the president, and I'm not sure if he's the owner, but he he basically founded Barstool Sports, right? So he was he liked what they did. 
with the four episodes and then he he got them a contract right he said let's work together gets them a contract where basically they own they brought the two together and and made it a show right created the thing but they owned the ip to call her daddy and all they did was they paid them they gave him a starting salary of 75k a year um with bonuses and and such like that and six months into their contract, oh, some backstory. The two girls, right, they didn't really know each other before they started this podcast. It was more of a two people being brought together, and then they moved in together after this all became a bigger thing. Um, so they signed for the 75K a year, plus bonuses, incentives, and all this stuff. And about six months into their contract, their first contract, it's a three-year deal. Six months in, they get a raise. This is around Christmas time. Uh, to they go from seventy-five k to five hundred k. And for six months into the deal, everybody in the business world knows that it's a solid deal because they didn't they didn't even need that in the first place. You know what I'm saying? They didn't need to give them uh, bonuses and cr- increase their salaries. But because, you know, Barstool, I guess, wanted to do the right thing for how much they're bringing in from this podcast, they raised their stakes. Now, we are in, they said it around the beginning of March. Um, There's a man who was an exec at HBO, HBO Sports, I believe. And apparently he's the reason for no boxing being on HBO anymore. Um, why Bill Simmons got his shows canceled and stuff like that. And I want to talk about Bill Simmons, but we're going to get into that. Um, but yeah, he's he's the person in charge of HBO Sports, which, to be honest, is the worst. Like HBO Sports used to be a big deal. Now it completely sucks. I'm not going to hold you. And this man, I can't believe I remember. I can't remember his name, but it's not important. Apparently, he's dating one of the co-hosts of the Call Her Daddy podcast. And he puts into her head that the industry standard, that they are getting paid less than the industry standard and that they shouldn't work anymore until they get paid that. Right. And. I want to say the girl's name was Lauren, who was dating him. And if I'm wrong, then it's the other way around. I apologize. But yes, it is Lauren. And then Alex, she was in charge of producing the show. Well, they're both producers because producing a podcast is basically you're, you're, you know, writing the scripts and stuff like that, getting everything together. Producing, well, this is Alex's duties. Producing um editing and posting the the podcast and she's she was also kind of in charge of posting like you know when there's a video and you're like oh swipe up for this product or whatever those were her duties and because of that barstool gave her a a extra bonus for doing more work basically and alex didn't give that information to uh, Lauren, I believe her name is. Listen, man, their fucking names are the most basic names of all time. But yeah, Sophia, there we go. It's now Lauren. It's Sophia. All right. So Alex doesn't tell this information to Sophia, but Sophia was also 
trying to do everything, or it appeared, off the information that was given, that Sophia, who was dating the executive at HBO, was trying to do everything in her power to get them the IP for the show and then get out and just cut the contract in half. Not even in half. And and with two years left, just cut it out and then call it a day. Get out, bounce, because apparently they had a deal somewhere else at another network that was worth way more. And the boyfriend set it up. But if they wanted to take that deal, they had to do it as soon as, like, ASAP. And um, Dave Portnoy, the president of Barstool, they were called in for a meeting. He calls them both in. They go to his rooftop of his building. They have a meeting. And Alex says that Sophia and her were on two different pages. And this is all important because this is what you, if you're going into a business with your friends or if you're potting with your friends, this is what you need to look out for. Make sure you're on the same page and want the same things, because if not, you're going to be like these two. Sophia wants to get out the deal. Alex wants the best deal. So Dave surprises them and says, listen, we're going to give you more money. Than the 500k i think it was around 750 i believe that number was so we'll give you 750 we're going to take six months off of the contract you're going to get to keep your ip all barstool wanted was basically 60 percent of the alcohol sales i guess they have an alcohol brand and some of the merch sales so that is what barstool wanted And Alex said that she was sitting in her seat and ready to yell at Dave and say, I want the deal. I'm ready to sign right here. And Sophia basically shrugged it off and said the meeting wasn't to get a deal done. When they left that meeting, she said the meeting wasn't to get the deal done. It was just a courtesy meeting and that she already had her mind made up. And this is the problem. Without going into meetings, without knowing what you both want. They were even going to the same lawyer and asking for different things. Like one of them was, well, they wanted a clause. Sophia wanted a clause in the contract that what if we signed this deal? I want it so that if one of us get fired, we both can walk away at the end of the six months paid and with the IP. And that is a very weird question to ask, because why are you asking if one of us gets fired when that is not nobody was even, you know, insinuating that that would happen because they both bring in money. And the only way you can get fired is if, you know, some racist shit happens or you get canceled. So Alex thought that that was very strange. And apparently... They weren't had to. They weren't seeing eye to eye. So Alex goes ahead and hits up Dave and says, "Listen, I want to take that deal," and Alex takes it. But Sophia, as of right now, as of Saturday, she has yet to to strike a deal with Barstool. And this is all very interesting because now we're. I know for a fact when the show goes back on, and I think it will next week or this week, whenever you're listening to this. 
I'm not going to tell you when because I'm not trying to promote them, even though I am right now. With everyone talking about this and uh, the hype that Barstool has been giving it, I know for a fact that it's not them who brought who made that show great. It's the bar. The If you look at the Barstool crowd of of who listens to Barstool. They would definitely spend what they're doing for two women who are talking about sex every single week. You know, like that is what Barstool Bros want. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying they picked the perfect market and marketed the the two. Even though they couldn't be bringing things to their podcast, it was a perfect storm of to get to that success. All hands were definitely, you know, Barstool and the Call Her Daddy people made it so that they could be great. Um, it I know for a fact it's going to probably the next episode they do is going to be the highest rated episode they ever do. And it's going to be part in fact that it seems like them and Barstool were working together this whole time. Like Dave knew that a deal was going to be made because they made merch making fun of this a week ago, two weeks ago. And they sold out the merch. They were they were using this. This is the best publicity that's ever happened for that show. That could have been the best thing that ever happened. And now we're going to see what happens. Does the show, do they capitalize on the opportunity of what they're doing right now? That's going to be the biggest X factor. And Bill Simmons who owns The Ringer, I believe, where he just sold it to Spotify but struck a deal with them. Bill Simmons, I want to get into him. Pause. Um, His content isn't good. And I don't know a single person that listens or watches any of his content. Like ESPN, maybe, yeah. But once he left there, the show that he had on HBO sucked. And he canceled it but kept the deal so that he could, like, make other shows. Bill Simmons isn't it. I'm tired of the controversial white old guy, you know, saying things and people reacting. It's not great content at all. Stop. You're you're giving people... You're trying to make a show based off of reactions when there's nobody watching it and it's it's so it's so weird it's so weird to to watch happen that he keeps getting all these deals and stuff like that it's basically an industry thing he's in with the industry and and they're gonna keep giving him money because they know him and they think he's a reputable name but i'm not gonna hold you no but no younger people are listening to bill simmons nobody cares he keeps making these controversial celtics hot takes to try to get people to react Nobody cares, Bill. What people fail to realize is that if you're going to get into an industry like this, you need younger people. Younger people will cap, like, they'll watch anything. They want things that they care about anyway. If Whether it be a podcast like a Joe Budden or a, 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 what the Adam 22 No Jumper podcast. While people may not like Adam 22, his podcast is successful. He's made people on his podcast. Joe Rogan's Joe Budden's podcast is is very important in hip hop, and for for Apple and Spotify to offer deals to people like this or like uh, I don't know like an Obama podcast where 
nothing is really going to be said unless they need to promote it. So they'll put out something like, all right, here's Obama doing a podcast. And then for the rest of the for the rest of the 51 episodes of the year, nothing's happening. You know what I'm saying? The people need to make better content. And even if you don't like what I'm doing, at least I'm providing a different experience than what the industry thinks people want to see, which is why I feel like there's a decline in podcasts. Another like dying podcast industry is the wrestling podcast industry. Unless you are already made, it's over. The The only way you're going to make it if you make a new one in 2020 is if you're a wrestler and you're in a or, or a mid card. If you're a mid carder or higher or a main eventer. Those are the only people that matter, like, if you're going to make a new one. If you got in around 2015, 2014, you, you, it's in your hands. You can, you can succeed or fail whether you like it or not. But how many, how many people are going to listen and how many people care about your take enough so that they listen to you plus someone else? Because you're not going to be the only one they listen to. If you're if you're, you know, not a wrestling journalist, when I'm saying that with quotes because that's not a real thing. You that's like saying there's a Grey's Anatomy journalist. It's stupid. It's a stupid job. And journalists in the wrestling industry are not journalists. They're highly opinionated. And even their facts are wrong most of the time. But what are you gonna do to stand out? For me to stand out, it's already a challenge. There's people who copy what I tweet and like I'm I'm a super sarcastic person. I I I make these jokes, but I know I'm not stupid. I'm not stupid basically. And I see people stealing what I do, stealing, you know, oh, he was playing music on his podcast, let me play music on my podcast. Oh, uh he tweeted this I've seen people take my tweets word for word and then just move around a couple words and say the same exact thing two minutes later. And I have people on my phone listed, saved, so that I know if I ever get some shit, here you go. Here, Here's you stealing everything I do. I make it so I make a point in everything I do that when I do it, it's not something from someone else. And that's the that's another hard part. Somebody with more exposure stealing other people's jokes, uh, podcast styles, whatever, so that they can do it and then succeed more because they have more people following them or interacting with them. I have I know who's going to like what I do. And I know there's certain people that when I make a certain joke are going to retweet it and I'm going to have. 100 retweets, you know, I know what I know. There's a formula to Twitter and the formula to Twitter is honestly disgusting because there's no originality. The people that are original don't have the most interactions. The people who steal things get the most because they just say what you do and just scream it. And it's it's a it's a sick world in the creative industry. And I want to move more in the future towards background stuff if I get that opportunity. I'm, I know I will, but if I'm going to do it, I see myself using this podcast to show people what I can do on my own 
and how I can build others in that way, if it makes sense. I know it's weird me giving up what my game plan is, but I really don't care because I know how great I am and I know what I can do with it. And yeah, those were my takes on podcasting in 2020 and just the landscape. You're going to see a lot of moves being made between Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, uh, Podcast One. There's going to be a lot of moves being made, millions of dollars being moved, millions. And it's going to prove you're going to see a lot of people. I promise you a lot of musicians are going to start getting into podcasting now, even though podcasting takes more effort. In a way, music wise, like creating a song is way easier than creating a podcast because now you have to pod if you want to build an audience once or twice a week. That be be like as opposed to putting out an album of eighteen songs once a year, maybe eighteen months. So, and it's more. There's less hands in podcasting, so you get paid more probably if you're successful enough. But you have to be interesting. And that is going to be the deal breaker or maker for these people. But that's my hot take. Way more musicians are going to get into podcasting because they hate their music deals. You're going to see it coming. All right. To switch things up, I wanted to talk a little bit about baseball. I grew up playing it my entire life until 16, 17. And it was my favorite sport. You couldn't tell me that any sport was better than baseball. But now we're seeing the general public isn't as infatuated with baseball as they once were. And I think that's doing part to people not having personalities. And if you do, you're going to get things like pitchers throwing at you and trying to hit you and stuff like that and batters they're going to be talking mad shit if they hit a home run off of you if you're a pitcher so baseball the way it is designed is that everything is uniform you know you're not allowed to celebrate if you strike someone out you're not allowed to celebrate if you hit a home run which is dumb because why not I just beat you at what you at your profession. In football, you celebrate touchdowns. In basketball, when you celebrate a dunk, everybody gets hype. In baseball, if you if you look at a pitch, if you hit a home run and look at it, you're gonna get hit with a pitch the next time you go up, and it's gonna be a big problem. Then you're gonna get into a fight that you don't want to get into, but because the other pitcher feels bad that he lost you, he's gonna send you to first base because he hates you. And it's corny. It, it, baseball, they don't have the right people in place to set it up for for success. The average age of a baseball fan right now is like 50-something years old. It's crazy. And the only way you can make it better is if you hire people who want more fun in the in the game. Right. Because it's a game at the end of the day. And for for the rules to be like that, the unwritten rules to be that you can't celebrate when you succeed. 
is so corny. That's probably I'm not gonna hold you. It's probably the biggest factor of why it's declining in in fans, right? You have you have twenty five thousand seat uh, parks that you gotta fill up, but who's gonna fill it up just to watch the game of baseball? They want to be entertained, and baseball, quite frankly, is not entertaining when when you're not playing it. To watch baseball is the most boring thing you can do, and Right now, due to coronavirus, it obviously there's been a pause in all sports, but baseball, 25 man rosters, trainers, managers, um, coaches, you got all these people you have to worry about, and there's 30 teams of those numbers. Where are you going to play baseball? How is it going to work? The season's going to be cut in half. How do we get paid? These are all questions that everyone's been asking. And to get in more to get more into it, I wanted to bring along my boy Justin and I talked to him a little bit about it, about what Snell's comments were. So let's get right into it. All right, everybody. And now we are joined by one half of the Up and In podcast, my boy Justin. Justin, welcome to the pod. Thank you. Always nice to be back. Been on a couple of times. Yeah, it's been a while since I've had you on here, since, you know, you've dropped one too. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, coronavirus didn't uh, help the situation either, you know? Not at all. Didn't even help my beard either. (laughs) I mean, now I shave my beard and I have nothing but a mustache. Looking like an 80s bachata singer? Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. Or Dominican... uh, Albert Einstein, because my hair is insane. Mine's is worse. But <laughs> we'll save that for later. Listen, man, bro, I, I can't wait to see my barber. It's, it's going to be, I'm going to be a whole different person. It's going to be insane. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to do it before and after. But... <laughs> I can't wait to, to get posted on that IG, on that first cut. Mm. Oh, that's going to be, that's going to be something special. But just like uh, just like barbershops, we have no sports right now. And for yes. some reason, America wants sports. I don't know I why they, the they want it so bad. I think after barbershops, sports is like that, that second necessity that men need. <laughs> I mean, we, we've gotten a little bit of sport. We, we've had some UFC and some golf uh, so far and some Korean baseball. Yeah, but who's who's staying up to four o'clock in the morning to watch <laughs> nine minor yeah, minor league baseball. Not even minor league, it's fucking bush league, basically, if we're being yeah. honest. You know Fila is like a big sponsorship in, in Korea? Really? Yeah, they're popping out there. Why is Fila popping? No idea. I was just I was up at like four o'clock in the morning, like cleaning up my room and I just had the game on and I noticed homie had like a Fila jersey on. Mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, Fila's really popping. Wait, so you just said who's going to stay up till 4 a.m. to watch Korean baseball? On a regular and... basis. Oh, oh, okay. I was about to say, you're that person who stays up till 4 a.m. to watch Korean baseball. I mean, they scratched the itch. Was it, was it, I haven't watched the game. I've only seen highlights. Is it good mm-hmm. baseball? Um, it's solid. 
I mean, you see, we'll get a home run here and there, but. Are the pitchers throwing gas? Mm, not really. I mean, probably like the foreigners over there, like the, like the Americans that come over there to try to revive their career or like the Dominicans or. Yeah. A lot of guys just trying to at least give some, get some foot in the door. Mm-hmm. They'll probably have a little more talent. Um, but on the on the broadcast, they're saying like Korean baseball, they tend to focus more on like putting contact to the ball rather than like baseball. Now it's like either you're striking out or you're hitting you're hitting bombs. Yeah. So depending on how you want to view the game, it's it might actually might appease to a lot of a lot of audiences in baseball, which is not I mean, that bad. To be honest. Why I don't understand why don't they just play the game? Like just show the replay of the game then. You don't have to show it live at four AM. Nobody cares about the game enough to look up the yeah, scores, up. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. At least like around what, like between one and like seven o'clock in the afternoon. Like but yeah. sometimes well but then again for ESPN that would kinda suck because you kinda have like your your midday talk shows, you have your ESPN, the sports center. But I will kind of interfere with it, but those guys are struggling to come up with content on uh, on first take and the uh, Shannon Sharp and and Skip Bayless show. They are struggling every day. They talk about the Cowboys. They talk about LeBron. They talk about the Jordan Doc. The Jordan Doc saved sports. Sports talk in general. Yeah, I still haven't watched it. To be honest, I'm not gonna hold you. Wait, have you seen a episode? Or you haven't seen nothing at I all. S- I saw the first two, and then, mm-hmm. to be honest, I wasn't really that interested. Why not? It's, it's like I've heard all the stories. I oh, know what happens. I don't know. It, to me, I wasn't that interested in the Michael Jordan story. Gotcha, because it's just like beating a dead horse with exactly. everything that you know. And then we're going to get another debate of who's the GOAT, and then we're going to have to hear the same argument. It's really, It's really – just reigniting the who's the goat argument. And then people, obviously, you're going to watch a documentary about Michael Jordan, and more people are going to sway to be like, oh, Michael Jordan's the best. Because they just watched nothing but eight weeks or whatever, or how many, however many weeks it was. Glorifying the man. Yeah. Michael Jordan highlights for two hours every week. Yeah. Like, who, who are you going to tell me is the goat after that? LeBron's going to get one. They're going to be like, oh, LeBron was the goat. Kobe's going to get one. Kobe, mm-hmm. Kobe's the goat. Any, everybody could be perfectly fine. It was good. I just, I didn't like the fact that I would have appreciated had it would have been stretched out more. Like instead of doing two episodes a night, yeah, stretch out, do it on, do only one episode a night. That way, we get another another five more weeks of it. Yeah, I think the the reason they did that is they didn't want people to lose interest halfway through, and then be like, oh, all right, I got an idea of what it was. Blah blah blah. I thought that would have happened though. I mean, yeah, people were tuning in every week, just anticipating everything. But there was a lot of stuff that, like, you didn't like, didn't actually know that was in the documentary. Like, I did not know about Dennis Rodman leaving to Vegas. Oh, that was um in the middle of the if, season. If you watch the uh, Joe Rogan had Billy Corgan, I I think he was like a drummer or something for this band called the uh, the Smashing Pumpkins. Mm-hmm. He was on Joe Rogan's podcast, and he was actually the one who went with Rodman to Vegas. And in his story, he basically, 
like he told he was a giant Bulls fan. And he told Dennis, he went with them that first day because they had the day off the next day. So they were like, he was like, all right, I'll go with you. And then he, Dennis went to practice the next day. And then was going to, they took a private jet there the first time. And then he was going to go again. And Billy was like, yeah, nah, I can't do this, bro. And like you, the finals is tomorrow. You have a game. We, we can't go back to Vegas for the night. And then Dennis went by himself and partied right before the day before the finals that same day and never went to sleep. Dennis is really a different breed. Yeah. He's, he's a, a different type of human being. It's actually insane to see how he functioned at that high level. And the but fact that he, he was working out after games, like who does mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. And, and like, you kind of appreciate the fact that he's able to like turn it off, like turn on the whole focusing on game mode mm-hmm. and then just turn it off and just be like, practically a, a crackhead off the court. Yeah, yeah. But the 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 thing I wanted to know is when did he sleep? Because he was partying all of the time. And then to just going to the gym. Yeah. Fucking lifting a whole bunch of weights. Was, and then be able was, to go out and play 20, 28 minutes a night. That wow. is absolutely insane. And 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 playing when big men back then were were like dominant, you know, they were they were working in the paint. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely insane for that work ethic and how he lived. And he's still living like that to this day. Well, also, another, another negative thing about the documentary, I really think Nike dropped the ball on this whole on the whole marketing thing and, and just possibly putting out a whole bunch of pair of sneakers. I feel the, like the show. maybe if the quarantine and corona thing never happened and like it happened if it came out when it was supposed to i feel like nike was gonna drop a pair of sneakers every week exactly like they had opportunities to show like at one point moment they were talking about i think it was 13 mm -hmm. like like they showed they panned to jordan putting on i I forgot what it was i'm not sure if it was 13 or another pair of shoes it could have been the, the the flu games too because they the the Nike app kept showing that the entire every week the docu series came out. They were like, "Which do you like more, the breads yeah. or the uh, the fours?" And I'm like, "Jesus!" Like, all right, so I gotta get my money right. I gotta have the the money ready for the sneakers. That was Instead, not the they, case, just, they just put out the five red fives mm-hmm. and and the Flint Thirteens, which aren't bad at all. But you literally could have made so much money in a matter of five weeks just off of putting out a whole bunch of sneakers. Yep. Now, a lot of and, people may figure out, oh, I really wouldn't want that because it probably diminished the value of the shoe. And then there's people like me like, I don't care about the value of the shoe. Just give me the shoe because it's a dope sneaker. I don't even think Nike cares about the value of the shoe because they don't make any money off of resale. Exactly. You know? And the the thing about, like, the sneakers, I haven't had seen a pair of sneakers that I've wanted in so long. Like I have like sixty pairs now, and I I haven't bought a real pair of sneakers in like two three years. Like I got the 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 tie dye SBs, but those were like something cool to have because I never had SBs. Mm-hmm. So I have those. But besides that, I had the off white fives, but I sold those because like I hate them. I thought I was gonna like them in person, and I hated them in person. Why? And I got a pretty penny for it. I don't know the color. I didn't like the color. 
I didn't like the holes in them. It was it was weird. And I have the Supreme Fives and the Metallic Fives. So I have all of the best fives to me. You know, right. like I don't need the Fire Red Fives because I have the White Supremes. And then I have the Camel Supremes. And then I have the Black Bear Fives, you know. I don't need anything else after that. And they're not even that comfortable of a shoe, if we're being oh. honest. I respect it. Yeah, like uh, if they would have dropped the, the flu games, I would have definitely copped those. Because it's been a minute since I've copped 12s, but I also don't wear my 12. I have a bunch of pairs of 12s. And actually, yeah. it's going to be really tough to get good on me. It, it, those are another pair. Like, the it creases weird, and it just feels uncomfortable. But mm-hmm. Nike did drop the ball on uh, not dropping any sneakers to go with the the uh, the dock. But we'll see what they do in the future. What about the other docks that have come out since then? Have you seen them? I know the uh, Lance Armstrong just came out last week. I wanted to watch it, but I never got the chance to. But I'm really looking forward to that Sammy Sosa and uh, – the Mark McGuire documentary. Oh, that's probably going to go crazy. And the fact mm-hmm. that they actually have them, too, for the doc is going to be very interesting. I want to hear their side. And I'm actually happy for Sammy because he's getting a little darker. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen him uh, recently, so I, I don't know. But that is actually hilarious. It looked like he's eased up on the, the bleaching soap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I remember when he first started doing it, he would be on, like, interviews and, like, oh, there's this cream, a moisturizing cream that I put on, and I don't know what's happening, but my skin is becoming whiter. And then he got progressively whiter throughout the years. And just act like everything's perfectly fine. Yeah, yeah. what you wanted in in the beginning. Makes no sense to me whatsoever. Like, homie really looks, he's just a little scary. (laughs) Like, imagine you waking up in the middle of the night to get, like, a glass of water. Yeah, and then you see Sammy Sosa. Yeah, right in the kitchen. Like. <laughs> eating eating plain white bread because that's something oh, that he looks like he does. But now, so ESPN and all of these channels, I don't know about you, but I feel like they've been exposed kind of. Like, they have no real content. If, like, sports disappeared and they're just sitting here struggling for – shit every single day, you know? I mean, they depend on, like, airing, like, classic games and everything like that. But I heard a report... Uh-huh. No, I heard a report that Dak Prescott hasn't talked to the Cowboys in months. But every single week, there's a report on Dak Prescott and his his contract and an updated number and an updated amount of years and shit like that. You know, it doesn't really make sense. That, that's probably, like, normal, like, negotiation tactics. Like, one camp is leaking out, maybe not an exact number, but a, a ballpark number to see how, what kind of reaction it may garner. So, that, I mean, what was the number he was originally asking for, or the number that recently came out? 35 or, or 40-something Yeah, he, want, he wanted around 35 to 40 mil a year for four years. But Dallas offered him like that for five years, but apparently he doesn't want a five-year deal. That's what's being reported. He wants four because the collective bargaining agreement goes up in those four years. Which is fun. You want to take advantage of everything, but I don't know. I think in football it's kind of like a risk reward because mm-hmm. 
you may look back and be like, damn, I, I wish I took that fifth year after walking out on the field in the beginning of the second quarter. And next thing you know, you laid out. Yeah, like uh, what happened to uh, – what was the uh, defensive player on the Seahawks who didn't want to play? And then um, uh, he Earl played Thomas. and then – yeah, Earl Thomas. Mm-hmm. Didn't want to play because he was like, it's a contract year. I just want to be secure because if I get injured, I'm not going to make money. And what yep. happened? Boom. He goes out, does his ACL, whatever he did. Yep, and now his wife is pointing guns at him with – with her friends. Just love that toxicity. I read that thing. She got to be Puerto Rican. Oh, for sure. She has to. <laughs> but, the, it, oh, man, I, it was absolutely insane that uh, that happened. And that, that she thought it wasn't a loaded gun. Wait, what really? was the crazy part of the story? Yeah, no, she didn't think it was a loaded gun. She took the magazine out. But there was one in the, one in the chamber. And she didn't know. So if you would have pulled that trigger. It would have been a hot thing. The fact that he was he was having an orgy with his brother, that seems like the more crazy part that everybody just seems to just not pay attention to. I just want to know how did she find him on Snapchat? Like I, I don't think I can find a person on Snapchat. You know? That yeah, that takes some real like undercover like investigation yeah. to be able to You gotta know shit about maps. Shit like that. Like yeah, that that whole thing was crazy to me. But let's get into uh, to baseball. We've gone without baseball. I think the season was supposed to start around March 31st or April 1st. Mm-hmm. And it is now, it's now May 27th, you know, almost two months yeah. since that's so, supposed to happen. Yeah, so standards are kind of like, I don't want to say taking shape, but you kind of get an idea of who's legit and who's maybe packing packing the, the bags for next season. Hmm. Just a hint. But there's, it's weird, though, because there's so many things that have to come into place for the season to happen. Like, they're talking about uh, just playing half a season, just 81 games, mm-hmm. and then having, like, a bigger playoffs uh, for teams. And that's going to be pretty interesting, but also – how the logistics of how it's going to happen like is it is every team going to be in one city are there going to be designated cities for designated divisions you know stuff like that so it's, yeah, that neutral site thing that like i guess they propose it would really suck in baseball like i get the idea cuz playing baseball deep in october and probably like heading early november mhm it's i don't think it's going to be fun to play in cities like new york or chicago or philadelphia where a lot of these teams are like aren't gonna, aren't gonna be in the hunt to have like a playoff team. Yeah, especially like uh, the the weird thing is gonna be like home field advantage and stuff like that. It's gonna it's gonna be super weird. Like, how are you gonna be in the playoffs with no no audience or whatever? It, I guess it'll be cool because it'll be like going back to you know T ball or whatever, or like you know. Mm-hmm. playing baseball as a kid but it's just like do you count this world series uh that, that's one thing i thought about is like are people gonna really be like eh, can you really say you're a champion you won a world series that was given out for a half a season yeah and 
Like, what even happens to the players who contracts are over after the season? What do they get paid? You know, uh, there's so many things that are. Is, what if the season isn't played? Are you a free agent after this year? That's you another know, like, because there's a whole bunch of players like DJ LeMay, he won the Yankees, who, like, homie had a great season. Next thing you know, he's just about to be on the market. Mm hmm. And, and it would suck because Gary Cole, sorry to cut you off. Yeah. Um, Gary Cole, I think he's going to make like 30 cents a million. And if you used to subtract like the 40% that they wanted to do mm-hmm. and like this whole proposal that they they gave over to the players union, it would probably drop down to maybe around, I don't know, but maybe between 15 and 8 to 15 million a year. Well, well for this season. Well, I saw a number. It was, uh, I think Bleacher Report put it out, where mm-hmm. if you're basically making around what you said, like 32 to 34 million a year, mm-hmm. what they projected was after taxes and after they cut the 40% and after they do all of these things to the numbers because of the season being shortened, you're going to be making after everything about $8 million. Yeah. And to be honest, if I'm supposed to make 32 and I get eight, I'll be living. Something's going to happen to some people. I've, people have died for way less. You know, that is absolutely insane. And then people were like, oh, they shouldn't be complaining. They're millionaires. They're making money. There's so many people not making money. But to be honest, if we're being very, very honest, transparent, the people are that are complaining the most mm-hmm. are the billionaire owners. Yes. In everything, in NBA, in NFL, in baseball, in NHL, in hockey, you know, there's so many billionaire owners complaining about, oh, we're not making that much money. We don't have concessions. Oh, we're making it. The only thing we're making money from is, is TV rights. And then, like, the average person, they don't know about the owners, and they don't care about the owners. They only see the players, like Blake Snell, complaining about money, but these are valid arguments. You know, Blake Snell is making money off in an arbitrary, you know, hearing that he did. And, mm-hmm. like, he he's way better for what he's getting paid, which isn't – he's making a lot of money, but, you know, in comparison to what he should be making, you know. Wait, he signed that – he signed a new deal or that's his arbitration contract? No, it was arbitration because he's only making, like – I think it's, like, $7 million a year or $8 million. Hold on, let me see. That might be his extension. Well, yeah, I think he was extended after uh, his Cy Young. Yeah, he got a, he's making five fifty for five years, which is that's pretty much a steal for his team. It is, but don't get upset at something you negotiated. Like I get you wanted the security and you wanted the money early in the eighth, but like. Come on, don't get upset at something that you you and your agent negotiated and now you're not going to get it. it it's, it's tough because, one, I understood Blake Snell's comments, but it's like, could you have worded any, worded it any way that, like, different? Because yeah, well, now, you, now you're just coming out looking like, oh, I'm not going to play because I'm not making my millions. And... Um, I'm at risk. Meanwhile, you have police officers, medical workers, grocery yeah, stores. a bunch people. of essential workers. Yeah, people like you. Like, going yeah. out, 
making normal salary. Some people probably have to making less. Yep. Yeah. To actually do put money on the table. You already you already have money saved up. You probably already have a good line of credit. You probably already got your mansion and everything like that in St. Petersburg. Mm-hmm. And you're complaining because you're playing baseball where some people would do it for free. Like, yeah. But I get his argument because you, that's your job. That's how you make your living. So it's, it's really hard, but had he worded, he should have worded it differently. Because yeah, you kind of just and it was, a fool out of yourself. It was, you know, it, he was on like that Twitch stream or whatever, you know, for his Twitch channel. Mm-hmm. And it it was very it it was a very honest you know statement of what he was talking about and everything like that, but yeah, it did sound terrible, and especially to like the older people that cover you know sports like the Shannon Sharp, Skip Bayless's, Stephen A. Nobody's gonna disagree with him being angry. It's just you. There's like a a thing where you can't really complain because you're still making millions. Mm-hmm. when there's millions of people that are unemployed. So yep. it, I understand why people are mad, but you really – I don't get why people get mad at the players for wanting their money and not mad at the owners who are billionaires. And this is the this is the big thing through everything. You know, all of these people are billionaires and they're complaining about not making money. Mm-hmm. But the That's- biggest problem is the the smaller people working, making them the billions that aren't getting paid. And that's the that's what should be addressed. Yeah, that's it, that's the tough part of the argument. A lot of these people, if they don't make money, a lot of people around them don't make money, and it, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a lot of people being supported. When the billionaires don't make money for one year, they're still billionaires, you know. Mm-hmm. As opposed to these NBA, NFL, I think like sixty percent of of all NFL players go broke after a couple years retired, you know, like these people don't, they, they come from impoverished neighborhoods and, and terrible backgrounds. And now, you know, randomly all their money in the prime of their careers is getting cut off. So it's a very weird thing that's happening. The NFL is kind of weird about this whole thing. Cause they're acting like nothing's happening, you know, like it's, it's normal. Mm-hmm. Be, mostly because the season doesn't start till later on in the year, but you know, it, it's kind of weird that all the the free agent talk and stuff like that is still going to happen in July, and people are going to get signed. It's very, very weird. Oh, yeah, a Bleacher Report article just came out. Uh, many players held a call today over MLB's offers, with reactions ranging from disappointed to disrespectful. That is what John Heyman is reporting. And I understand because the teams want to split it basically 50-50 with the players. And the players are the ones that are going out. You know? So it's – I don't understand. I don't know why do the owners want to split it evenly. You know, that's, that's the biggest question I have. I mean, at the end of the day, they still got to make sure that pockets are good. It's a business at the end of the day. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it, I understand it's a business, but you don't have to look to try to make a profit. Try to break even, maybe. Mm-hmm. I get, like, that is a better 
Like, what are you going to do with that money? Because if, if an organization takes that money and doesn't pay back all these, like, staff that would have been in the stadium, then what are you putting that money towards? Who are you, who are you trying to make happy? I mean, touche, but there's a lot of stuff that you probably don't know that's going on behind the scenes. Probably. There's probably teams that have privately owned stadiums. Probably got to pay back loans or, like you said, paying for, for staff and concessions because, mm-hmm. I mean, they still don't your payroll. Yeah, um, so that is going to be very interesting to see how this uh, this plays out. Apparently, Trevor Bauer says that uh, Scott Boris is trying to convince all his players to play because he'll get paid. So this is kind of. I mean, he's not trying to stop thing his is, bag. It's just messy. Yeah, yeah. Scott Boris, <laughs> he's made so much money throughout the years that it's insane that he's still trying to make more. What do you? What is your goal? You know, like w- when is enough enough? You gotta stay at the top. But yeah. on a lighter note, though, it is good to to hear like teams like Miami. I think it's Miami. They're playing the players, the minor league players. I think throughout August, which I think would have been the end of their season mm-hmm. or the regular season, while like other teams are like furloughing their guys or just not even paying them at all. So. I mean, it's, it's kind of nice to hear that because from what I hear and what I read, I know minor league seasons, like minor league players, they have it rough. Oh, yeah, yeah. So any help they could probably get would be be useful. But I know teams like Oakland, they they call it quits. Like, they cut it off real early. Like, oh, we're not going to pay you. Yeah, they, they barely had the money to begin with before this thing even happened. And and these are the numbers that MLB has proposed, by the way. So if you're making $35 million, you're going to be making 7.84. If you're making $20 million, you're going to be making 5.15. Which is and still a lot. if you're making lot. $1 million, you're going to get 434 k Which is still, still a lot. lot. Trust me. If, I was, if somebody told me, hey, you're going to be making $7.8 million this year, I'm going to be like, say less, yeah, but I got to sign. But... but what if they told you you were supposed to be making 35? True. Like, then it kind of comes down to just the type of person you are. You're either grateful for what you have or you're going to be, you know, a little, yeah. a little upset. Yeah. You still can't even be – you can't be mad for people knowing their worth. Like, you literally know what your worth is. You're worth 35 a year and you're getting 7.8. But you can't be mad at something where – it's out of man's control. Yeah. You know what it's I mean? A, like it's a whole is, pandemic. Yeah. It's not like your your team is like arguing they don't want to pay you because you went to a doctor who they didn't approve on before signing the deal. But one thing the MLB I haven't heard being discussed at all, why not tell the players you'll pay them back at a later time, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, listen, after this all happens, obviously we're going to get the fans and everything back. How about we, we, you know, backload your contracts? So towards the later years, you're going to be making back what you could have been making. You haven't heard that, those talks at all. They just want the players to lose their money. 
But they're still gonna be in the uh, in the negative at some somehow some way. Yeah, but it's, it's not like the, the 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 owners could bounce back from from this. Yeah, everybody loses, but like goddamn, uh, nobody nobody is in talks of paying back players because the if this happens, the postseason is gonna be one <laughs> of the most watched of all time. Exactly. That's that's another thing. It's like it's not like you're not gonna get viewership from TV. Mm-hmm. If anything, you're probably gonna increase viewership. Exactly. Be- because a whole bunch of people are dying for baseball. So imagine if you're pulling in hundreds of hundreds of thousands of ratings in a normal season, like probably like last year. I'm pretty sure the Yankees were getting hundreds of thousands of ratings a mm-hmm. night on yes. Imagine adding another fifty thousand on top of that for the people who would have been in the stadium. Exactly. And then another percentage of people that are watching just because there's nothing else to watch. Exactly. Well, there's probably being a whole bunch of people who don't even like baseball, who wouldn't even watch baseball, basketball, football was on. Mm-hmm. But like, you know what? Fuck it. Let me give baseball a try. Because yeah. there's nothing else to do. It it's it's a weird I don't know, it's just a weird time. Um the same thing goes with basketball, but I feel like basketball they're closer. The play, yeah, the players' union and and the and the league are in, in better, in better like uh, their relationship is better than MOB and mm-hmm. their players' association. Mostly because Rob Manfred is kind of a weird guy too. Like he, I don't think he's done anything to move forward the culture of baseball. You know. Yeah. It's, meanwhile, he complains about how Trout and all these other guys are not. Being stars and stuff like that, exactly. But he, he there's no flair to baseball, you know. Like, let people like I know that uh, he had a big thing against custom cleats and stuff like that. Like, yo, let them wear cleats, it's mm-hmm. not even that big of a deal. Like, yo, just wear whatever you want. Like, look at what the NFL has done. The NFL realized that players like to wear custom cleats and they like to celebrate. And they took away those rules, and now look at how big the NFL is going to be. Because it it, it creates content for social media. People are going to post about the cleats, and people are going to post about the the bat flips, like how everybody did when Jose Bautista went yard in Mm -hmm. the playoffs against the Rangers. But the MLB is against, you know, those moments. And I guess, I don't know, it's just a weird, a weird, uh, a weird time in baseball. But the NBA, they're looking, apparently, they're in talks with Disney to run the entire league out of the Disney World of Sports section over there in Florida. And what do you think about that? With an expanded playoff as well, I believe. I'm for, well, I saw something today where they may have like four, between four and six teams with like a play-in. Mm-hmm. Because right now, first of all, it's it's also a tough situation because if you go straight into the to the playoffs, it's gonna suck for teams like Portland and all these other teams who like needed these last like this little stretch run that the season like the regular season had left mm-hmm. to try to make it to the playoffs. And Lillard actually posted a comment on Instagram where it's like, I understand if like we were out of it, but don't take away our chance because they're still technically in it. Right. 
And I, I understand that because if you're a playoff team and you're two or three, three games back out of out of eighth place and the schedule's looking in your favor and, you know, you got teams like Charlotte and freaking – who else is a bottom feeder? The Wizards and all these other teams. Sacramento. Like, Sacramento. Yeah, all these teams are like their season's over. Mm-hmm. And you got them coming into your into your arena, you're salivating. You're like, damn, we got a chance to make to make the playoffs. And then meanwhile, they're gonna be like, yo, we're going straight to the regular season. That's that's pretty messed yeah. up. So the fact that they're doing a play, well, they talked about doing a, a play-in, I think it kind of adds a little closure. To the, if any, to the, to the thing. if I if I were them, I would do a March Madness style tournament. And just like, like because the, the champion, yeah, the champ, the championship isn't gonna matter. So just do every single team in a March Madness style tournament, and then the the winner just to give them like motivation because they're gonna have tons of sponsors and everything like that. Just make it a a giant pool for the teams to split, like amongst themselves. Like let's say like every player gets a million dollars or whatever. Plus, mm-hmm. you donate the same amount in to charity. You know what I'm saying? So, like, if there's, like, a $30 million prize for the team that wins, $30 million goes to charity or however much money. And then, like, every team that plays gets a certain amount of money just for playing because the ratings are going to be there. The sponsors are going to be there. That would be way better because nobody – if LeBron won that chip, everybody's going to be talking for the rest of of his career about how that championship doesn't count. Yeah, you got to break in the middle of the season and everything like that. Meanwhile, he's doing MVP numbers the entire year. But, I mean, if if they got a spot in Florida to do it or in Vegas, I mean, the, well, go Mark for Cuban it. said they're leaning towards Disney more because ESPN and Disney are such big partners that they want to put money in their pockets more than a random company, basically. But why not do both when, when to, I guess, accommodate for location? No, Instead of I having think, the West Coast fly all the way to Orlando, I think it's because it they wanna they wanna do it so that it's everybody in one place and that nobody can really leave. Like everything will be in one singular location. Because if one team, if one team, if one player gets Corona, basically the entire team is gonna get it. Just like what happened in uh, Utah, you know. So I guess that was that was their thinking in that. And they said even if one person gets COVID, they're gonna keep playing because they can't start. They can't to stop. afford to stop again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It would just be too much. So every player has to understand that going in. But I don't know. I think a March Madness style tournament where every single team gets the same chance would be pretty interesting. Except for you- Michael Carter Williams or what not Michael Carter Williams, um What's his name from Denver? Michael Porter? Yeah, Michael Porter. Fuck Michael Porter. Why you hate him? Oh, no. His comments today about uh, praying for the police or whatever. Oh. Yeah, that, that shit was super retarded. It made no sense whatsoever. Mm. But, uh, yeah, continue. I mean... You are going to say I'm something all, about... Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm all for... Just get the games back up. But would you, if you keep the 16 teams, like the, the March Madness tournament, is that just for the season or are you going to kind of spill that into next season? No, just for this season, just so that the players can get like a, a check, you know? 
because it, it'll it'll be like a first time everything, and it'll also end the season and still get viewers and the players get paid. Everybody, to me, everybody wins. But I don't know. I'm not a league executive. Maybe I don't know about the numbers crunching and everything. But also, I think the thing about bringing back sports, it's kind of also dangerous in this case because it'll kind of make it seem like it's normal and that it's okay to go outside. And Mm -hmm. I think that might put the country more at risk, but, you know, people want their sports. Like that, I don't know. It's kind of, I think it's dangerous. To, people have been fiending for sports back since the first time, you know, COVID got announced. And it yeah, like the everything. first week, the first week that it was gone. Like, so it, it, I think it will be harmful to the public because I already went on Memorial Day. I went to go pick up my sister. And when I look, when I drove past Bronx Park East next to the, the Bronx Zoo, mm-hmm. bro, there were so many people outside, so many people in the park. And I understand, like, in the Bronx, everybody lives in buildings and stuff like that, and they don't want to be stuck in a in a, a small apartment where it's mm-hmm. super hot. But, like, God damn, it was crazy. So... I mean, but it, it practicing social distance? I mean, just because you're wearing a mask and you're, like, two feet away from somebody, I don't know if that constitutes a social distance, you know? Sure. So that... That's what kind of makes me nervous. I don't want to normalize being outside when it's going to be too early to be outside, but we we don't know yet, so we don't really know anything about anything. But at some point, something's got to give. It's yeah, like, we we just don't know when, and that's the that's the sad part. You kind of just have to throw yourself into the fire and do it. Yeah. I'm going to come out of this alive, or? I'm outside every day, so... You know, we 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 got one foot on the grave, one foot on a banana peel, and we're dancing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I'm glad you came through for this. You know, mini sports talk. You know, we'll do a little breakdown before you go. Uh-huh. What is your favorite stance in baseball? Oh, I only get one. Let's do top three if you're gonna do it. Okay, that's 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 fair. I'll put um, since you're thinking, I'll put out my top three. I'll go with uh, Gary Sheffield three, is it, okay, Ken Griffey Jr. one, and A Rod two. I know I said it out of order, but yeah, I think that would be my three. I'll probably go Griffey one. Um. Sheffield too, only because it's just so iconic. It's like you you see that bat wiggle and it's like <laughs> you already know who yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> oh. But you but already know who it is. I I don't know a single person who hasn't attempted to do the same, you know, motion mm-hmm. pause, but it was you know, it's iconic. Everybody knows the Gary Sheffield stance. And like if you if you see somebody coming into the bat. And, and they got that stance. You're like, oh, shit, damn. Maybe this guy, you can hit. Let me take a couple steps back. <laughs> um, damn. Third one, immediately Cano came up to my head because his swing was just so, it's pure. Like, so smooth. Yeah. 
But um, and then you got guys like Joe Morgan and Rock Crew. Yeah, a lot of people probably won't know, like recognize like, their stances, but kind of, kind of unique in their own way. But I'll probably go Cano, just so it's so smooth. Yeah. I will thank you for pulling up. Um, if you want to plug anything, me, you can plug in now. So uh, let the people know what what's going on. If if you if you want to tell them anything, do a little shameless plug. I mean, me and my partner Sal. I mean, he's not here right now. He's taking care of a little business. We both have a uh, a podcast called the Up and In Podcast. Um, I don't know our Instagram. I I completely forgot it. But I think um, it's Up and In Pod. Hold on. Let me just make sure. My man is the man. <laughs> we haven't done a couple of episodes. It's, it's been a little rough with the whole pandemic and on top of that, just going yeah, to work for work and everything like that. I was looking forward to the season, man. I, I was yeah. getting, I was writing down ideas and stuff. So when I pull up, I could have talked about. And by the way, the IG is up and in underscore podcast. See, this is why man is the man. Yeah, yeah. So make sure you follow them, you know, go subscribe to them. They're on basically every sing, uh, single podcast network. And, we, uh, but yeah. we definitely come, we got to come back with something because one, we got like expensive ass mics just sitting in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to get our, our money right uh, on yeah. investment. But it, it, it'll be nice. It'll be fun to like, you told me like, yo, you want to do 10 minutes. Next thing you know, I'm here 45 minutes. And just, I felt like, yeah, I'm. I'm shocked that we, we stretched it out that long. It's crazy. Yeah, I think sports sports is just so easy to talk about. So it'll definitely be fun to to pick it back up and definitely have you back on. Yeah. Cause I know we had what well, we did, like two episodes. I, I yeah. know we did an episode for you and I think you did an episode for us. Yeah, yeah, when when y'all first started. And like, you know, we might you might have to convert it into a uh you know, a little bit of NBA NFL action if MOB doesn't come back. You know, I know. I, I'm hearing things about Jamal Adams to the Cowboys. I don't know about that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't talk about that. my guy <laughs> in the Jets. I, I can't. I can't afford him to leave it because, you know, I'm going to have to find a new team. And the, the Jets have a, a little squad low-key. Like, we they could have won a couple more games had Sam Darnold not uh, – Catch Manu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dealing with dirty bitches from the Bronx. Yeah, and I think they signed Joe Flacco because they were scared he was going to catch the Rona. Like if but you're he's catching not even mono in 2019, he's not. I don't even think so. So like, what are you doing giving somebody four and a half million dollars when he's not even cleared to play football? Jesus. But I mean, just be doing some stupid stuff. But what can you do? But listen, I'm glad you came. We might, we maybe we talk about that in the future. Maybe the trade goes through. Maybe it doesn't. I hear that. It not it might not because the Jets don't like the Cowboys because the Cowboys leak everything. Knock on well, hopefully that does not happen. Yeah, but you know, thanks for pulling up and uh yeah, so make sure you check them out and shout out to the up and in pod. All right, before we get out of here, I just wanna put you on to some music I've been listening to lately. Um, obviously gonna just dropped a new album. Had to tune in. I enjoyed it very much, a little bit more than uh, his last album. What was that, Drip Season? Yeah, Drip or Drown 2. Uh, Wanna is leaps and bounds better than it, even though Drip or Drown 2 wasn't that bad. But this is this is the gunner that everybody, you know, fell in love with. 
Um, another artist, well, Future's album, obviously, it's been in rotation. Um, if you remove half of the songs, way better album to me. Uh, it gets very repetitive. It's it's a it's a halfway through you're like, oh, all right, we're still going, I guess, because it, it's way too long of a future project. Don't give me twenty one songs. Way too many songs for somebody like Future, especially when it's not a concept album, like when he made an, a strictly R and B one. Well, not very R and B, but R and B vibes, and then a trap vibe. You know what I'm saying? Like, Dirty Sprite 2 was the perfect amount of future you need in an album. Uh, Roy Woods put out a EP. I believe it was like four or five songs. Six songs. 20 minutes. It was a good listen. It's not his best work, I can say that. Uh, his his other projects like uh, Exus or Waking at Dawn, way better projects. If you never heard of Roy Woods... Those are what I suggest you listen to. Um, oh, another one is the Alina Berez album. Uh, I just got into her music, and it is amazing. It is that sleepy type of R&B music, but this is perfect. Perfecto. It was, it's called uh, It Was Divine. One of the better albums of the year, I would say. Along with... Conway the Machine of Griselda. He put out the Lulu project with uh, The Alchemist, who Alchemist is on a producer run, super legendary right now. It's it's crazy, the, the run he's been on with his collab album with uh, Action Bronson that was also released this year, Lamb Over Ice, it's called. Check out Lulu, Lamb Over Ice. And then uh, also out of Griselda, you have... West Side Gun, who dropped his album, Pray for Paris. <sighs> the thing with West Side Gun, he's not a bad rapper. But on this project, Pray for Paris, respectfully, everyone who was featured on a song with him outperformed him, which is not a bad thing. He just picked the perfect rappers for the perfect beats for the perfect album. And this album, sonically, one of the best. And I don't even know what I'm saying, like, when I'm throwing in the words, like, sonically or whatever. But definitely, uh, definitely check that out. Those are, oh, Boldy James. He's next up. He's out of Detroit. Put out a, uh, a collab album with Alchemist as well called The The Price of Tea in China. Make sure you check that out. Amazing, amazing album. Or it was, like... It was short. It was nothing uh, nothing crazy. But Boldy James, make sure you check him out. Um, those are some of the music I've been listening to. I hope you guys enjoyed this weird podcast I did with, you know, by myself to talk about some topics. And then having some guests call in and then, you know, pitch into some other topics. I hope you guys like that format. I might keep it going if you if I get, you know, if you guys liked hearing it like that. Um, but yeah, make sure you tune into the last stop. Subscribe. Shout out to everybody who copped a friends and family hoodie. Um, I've I only had it on sale for like 
seven days, maybe, like maybe less. And I sold 21 of them things, 22 of them things. Um, I didn't make anything off of it. It was all I sold it for what it cost to make a hoodie. But the next time I make some merch, it is going to be more out there. I might buy these things myself and then sell them like that. But, uh, yeah, stay tuned for that and stay tuned for more episodes. I might try to be more frequent. I know it's been like two weeks, but listen, man, I'm trying to make sure these things are good. A lot of people putting out mid every single week. There's a lot of people who hate recording every week. I'm not trying to be one of those people. So thank you. Subscribe. Leave five stars. Follow me on Twitter at Silk Durag. Follow me on IG at Manny Dizzler. Uh, yeah, that's the episode. I'm out.